You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled Breakfast of Champions, part two of three. Enjoy. Realize how good he is, and we know that when someone enters into a real relationship with the real Jesus, not man's religious Jesus, but the real Jesus, that their entire lives will be transformed that he will, he will restore and make whole. So we have a vision that as people come into this relationship with Jesus Christ and grow in this real relationship with him, we see a vibrant, growing church where people are experiencing God and moving forward in his destiny for their lives. That's what we see, a vibrant, growing church where people are experiencing God in their daily lives and moving forward in his destiny for their lives. And this is our fourth Sunday. So we've just started. This is Sunday number four. And last Sunday, we began a new series. And it's a three-part series. This is part two. Last Sunday, we started part one. And it's entitled Breakfast of Champions. Yeah, Breakfast of Champions. And last week, we learned that we were made to win. What do you mean made to win? You talking about sports or American Idol? No, I'm talking about something way more important than a TV show or a sporting event that God made us to overcome any obstacle that would oppose the will of God for our lives. And we all face those. We all face those. Any obstacle that would oppose the will of God for our lives that he made us to overcome. And our, our primary text is 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. And we can read it together there on the screen. Let's read it. It says, But thanks be to God who in Christ always leads us in triumph. Let's read that again. But thanks be to God who in Christ always always leads us in triumph. Always, that means 24 hours of every day, of every week, of every month, of every year of our lives. Is that possible? It is. He's an always God. He never sleeps. He never gets tired. He ne- he's never confused. He's never weary. And he's gone before us, and he's working all things out for the good of those who love him. So victory, overcoming, always is a part of his nature, because that's who he is. So we learned also last week that we were made by the champion of champions, made by God himself in his likeness, in his image, to be his champions in the earth. When you know who made you, it will enable you to understand who you are. Very important. Knowing the one who made you enables you to understand who you are. So we spent some time last week looking at who made us, looking at the champion in action. And we went back into Genesis chapter 1, the very first chapter of the Old Testament, and we saw that the champion in verse 1 created the heavens and the earth. And then we saw in verse 2 something happened. Darkness came upon the earth that the champion created. Darkness, destruction, death, a void, an emptiness. And in the midst of that darkness, the champion didn't give up. 
But he did what all champions do. He looked into the darkness and he brought light. And in verse 3, he said, light be. And at that moment, light began to reign on the earth again. So a lot happened between verse 1 and verse 3 in Genesis. Many don't realize that. And as the champion began to speak, things began to change on the earth. And then in Genesis chapter 3, well, prior to chapter 3, actually in verses 26 through verses 28 of chapter 1, after six, in the, on the sixth day of amazing, uh, mind-blowing, planet-restoring, universe-changing, God-only-can-do-amazing stuff, God, light is, is reigning in the earth. Life is bursting forth in the earth. We've got fruits and vegetables and living creatures. And then the champion reveals the expression of his heart on day six. And he makes man in his own image, in his own likeness. And he breathes his very spirit into man. And then in chapter three, we see that the man that God made, the champion that God made, is confronted by a deceiver. Satan comes to him in the form of a, certain, a serpent, and he begins to, to say things to Adam about God that aren't true. And his goal is to try and to pull Adam away from God, to try and steal the authority that God gave to Adam, to try and steal it from him so that he can reign in the earth. And actually, Satan was successful. We see that Adam believed what Satan told him. And when he began to obey Satan at that moment, he became a servant to Satan because you are a servant to the one you obey. So at that moment in time in Genesis chapter 3, Satan seized what God had gave to Adam. And Adam lost everything. And at that moment, everything changed in creation. Death entered the human race. The curse of sin fell upon Adam and Eve. The curse of sin fell upon the earth. And death and destruction and darkness once again reigned on the earth. Jesus referred to Satan as the prince or ruler of this world or of this earth. Satan, uh, Paul referred to him as the god of this world. But even in the midst of loss again, in the midst of darkness again, the champion didn't quit. Because the mark of a champion is not the absence of loss, but in the midst of loss, refusing to quit. So in the midst of loss, again, the champion did in chapter 3 what he did in verse 3 of chapter 1. He spoke, and he said, light be. Jesus is the light of the world. In chapter 3, verse 15, he prophesied of Jesus coming into the earth. He said that a man will be born of a woman and come to the earth. The Messiah will come, and once again, he will put Satan where he belongs under the feet of my creation. And that's what Jesus did. Jesus came to restore what Adam lost. Now, remember, at Highway Church, we're all about relationship with the real Jesus, right? The real Jesus. Well, listen, if you want to have an intimate relationship with someone, you need to know what their motives are. Why do they do what they do? So in order to be intimate, to be close to someone, I've got to know the motives of the one I'm in relationship with. Well, the good news is with Jesus, you don't have to speculate. You don't have to wonder. Okay? You don't have to come up with your own uh, ideas. He's clearly revealed his motives. 
He's clearly revealed his heart. And we looked at it last Sunday in John chapter 10, verse 10. Let's put that up on the screen. John 10, 10. This is Jesus himself talking, okay? And at Highway Church, we look to the real Jesus because we recognize man's religion is not going to lead us into victory. We have nothing against uh, something, some, some uh, against man per se, but we recognize that man's philosophy and theology won't do it. We need the real Jesus. So we go to the real Jesus to find out what the real Jesus has to say. And when you go to the real Jesus, instead of man's theology, it changes everything. So let's look at what the real Jesus says in John chapter 10, verse 10. He says, the thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. I came, right? In a stark contrast here. I came that they might have and enjoy life. Wow. And have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Now we're seeing the motive of the one we're in relationship with. Do you see what he's up to? Now we know what he's up to. This is his goal, that you would have and enjoy life. Does that apply to you in the morning time when you get up? Sure. How about in the, in the hopes and dreams that you have? Is, he, is it relevant to your hopes and dreams? Absolutely. Is it relevant to you when, you're, when you need a dishwasher and you don't have a dishwasher? Sure. Is it relevant to you when you need a home and you don't have a home? When you need food? When you need a, it's relevant to every area of life. See that? That they would have it enjoy life. That's an all-encompassing statement, right? And have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Let's look at it in another translation. Let's look at it in the message translation. This is the one we're in relationship with, right? Jesus, the real Jesus says, I came so they, see, a completely unselfish is coming, wasn't it? He didn't come for, he didn't need to come for himself. He was all set. I came so they, that's love. Unselfish. I'm, I'm employing my energy, my talents, my gifts for others. I like that. I came so they can have real and eternal life, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. That sounds like Ephesians, exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think. Let's look at it in another translation. Is it the Weiss? Yeah, let's look at it in the Weiss translation. Here it is again, the real Jesus. I alone came. That tells us there's no one else, that he is the way, the truth, and the life right? I came, I alone came in order that they might be possessing. When is that? Right now, right? Right? That's right now. That's present tense. So he's a present tense Jesus, right? He's present tense. I came in order that they right now might be possessing and that they might be life and that they might be possessing it a little bit. What's that say? In super abundance. It's hard to put in English sometimes how amazing he is. So, so they try. Superabundance, that's a good word. Okay? So that's the real Jesus talking. He came, he alone came, so that we might be possessing life in superabundance. Let's look at one more time. One more. New Living Translation. 
Here it is, the motivism of his heart, right? This brings intimacy when we know his motive. See, we get closer to him when we realize this is his heart. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Now, when you're hearing this, again, we're just, this is straight from these translations, okay? We didn't make this up. It might be kind of, ah, you know, like hit your mind and say, this can't be so. I, you know, a rich and satisfying life, is that even, is that holy? Is that really what God wants? Well, Jesus said this. And shouldn't Christianity be about him, right? So you've got to guard your heart because there are people will tell you things about Jesus that aren't really accurate. Okay, so this is the real Jesus talking. Well, let's get into part two for today, all right? That's the nature and motive of our God. So part two of Breakfast of Champions, we're going to learn today that Jesus is the breakfast of champions, all right? We're made to win, and Jesus is the breakfast of champions. Now, you might be sitting here this morning, and you don't feel like a champion, right? Because I'm willing to bet you failed to one degree or another in your life. How do I know that? Because we all have, right? We've all fallen short. We've all made mistakes. We've all failed. But even though you failed and I failed and we've fallen short, I know that you're a champion because I know who made you. I know that God made you in his image, regardless of whether you're three or, or 73. God made you in his image, and he has a great purpose for your life. Okay? So you are made to win. You are made in his image. You're made a champion. Now, how do we win? It's not automatic. But how, how do we overcome these issues in our lives? Because we all face them. We're living in a fallen world that's fallen apart, right? Where poverty is and all kinds of things that would oppose God's will for your life. How do we overcome? How do we win? I've got great news for you. It's not by trying harder. You can try that, but eventually you're going to give out because we need a supernatural power to overcome in this life. So it's not by trying harder, and it's not by your own strength and efforts. It's really so simple that man's religion has completely missed it. It's by believing. By believing in Jesus. What do you mean, Pastor Joseph? By believing what? That that Jesus exists? No. That's not going to help you. It's by believing that Jesus did what he did for you right now. 2014, March 2nd. When you engage your heart with him and you choose to believe that what he did He did for you right now that every promise, John 10, 10, and many more, that rolled off his lips is just as alive, just as relevant right now as it was the moment he spoke. That's when life begins. When you believe that all that he did 
is relevant to every area of your life now. We use words like victory and we say, well, what does that have to do with me getting a job? Everything. You see, that's a, that's a word we're talking about, you becoming all that you were made to be. You being abundantly supplied in every area of your life, physically being whole, spiritually strong, mentally strong, connected with the right people at the right time, being at the right place at the right time, employed in the right place, doing the right things, whether it's starting your own business, whether it's working for another corporation, whatever it might be. You see, when you begin walking in the things that God has for you, that's victory, okay? So, here we are, March 2nd, 2014, and now we're believing that everything Jesus did was for us today. So Jesus healed the sick for you now. Jesus raised the dead for you now. Jesus made the lame walk, the blind see, the deaf hear for you now. Jesus walked on the water for you now. Jesus overcame the obstacles of this world for you now. Jesus was persecuted for you now. It's very relevant. It has everything to do with now. See? Jesus was persecuted, scourged, marred more than any man, and nailed to the cross for you now. And on that cross, the scriptures teach us that God made him sin, your sin and mine, and that he became sin for us, for you now. And that at that moment in time, never before and never since, he was separated from his father and descended into hell for you now. And he endured the full wrath of God, the full punishment of your sins and mine now. For you now. And then on the third day, the Holy Spirit quickened the Lord Jesus, made him alive, and Jesus stripped the authority that, that Satan had stripped from Adam. He got that back. He got the keys of death and life, and he was risen from the dead for you now. He appeared to his disciples for you now. He ascended into heaven and sat at the right hand of his Father for you now. And right now, he's praying for you. See, when you start believing that all that he did is relevant to my life now, the power he displayed is for me now. It changes everything. That's what we mean when we say Jesus is the breakfast of champions. We begin to feed on him. Let's take a look at Romans chapter 5, verse 17. We looked at this last week because it sums up what we talked about last week, but we're going to look at it again because this is a very important part of our relationship with Jesus. Remember, that's what we're all about. We want to know him more. We're not interested in, in, in religion. We just want to know the Lord more. We want to be close and intimate with him. So Romans 5.17, let's read that one. All right? This is talking about what we said in Genesis chapters 1 through 3. For if by the transgression of the one, who's the one? Adam, right? So let's read it. For if by the transgression of Adam, right, death, what? Reigned. 
Ruled as king, the Greek means, right? Reigned through Adam much more. Who's greater, Jesus or sin? Sure, absolutely. What's greater, light or darkness? Sure. Much more, light, right? Light, life, love, Jesus. Much more. Those who receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will what? Same Greek word again. Reign as kings in life through the one, Jesus Christ. Now, the, the Weymouth translation, which we read last week, we're not going to this week, it says, for if by the transgression of the one, death seized the sovereignty of the one. So Satan, through Adam, seized the sovereignty that God gave Adam. All right? But Jesus came, and he took that sovereignty back, not for himself. He's always been the King of kings and Lord of lords. He took that back to bestow it upon you. So that when you on Sunday, March 2nd, 2014, are facing difficult situations in your marriage or your family or on your job, have the power to overcome. Amen. Have the wisdom to make the right decisions. We've got wisdom in Christ to know what to do about tomorrow, to know what to do. We have his Holy Spirit. So Jesus did what he did for you. And when you realize how much he loves you, it's easy to love him. When you realize how much he loves you, it becomes the most natural thing to love him. But if you think he's hard and cold and condemning, it's very difficult to get close to him because that's not who he is, all right? So Jesus did what he did for us, and we've got to learn to feed on this. The victory for your life, the right decisions that you need to make is found in his love for you. That's where, that's where life is. It's found in his love for you. You see, the victory is a part of his nature. It's in Jesus. And the Bible says that when you put your faith in Jesus Christ, that God the Father himself, in the person of the Holy Spirit, comes to live in you. So guess what? If God is living in you, his victory is living in you. Right? The victory that's in God is now in you. And it's with you everywhere you go, and it never turns off. It never shuts down. God needs no power supply. He is power. Right? So Jesus, we, got, we begin to feed on him and things change. Feeding on him brings about the right decisions in our lives. Feeding on him gives us strength over temptation. Feeding on him brings about a love in our marriage that nothing else will do. Let's look at what Jesus said in John chapter 6. We're going to start in verse 35. And we're just going to feed on him. We're just going just to have a, a delicious meal of Jesus this morning, okay? So let's look at verse 35. Jesus, again, this is the real Jesus we're going to, right? You want, this is not something from a seminary or, or a, a, a religious doctrine. This is just Jesus talking. It's really all we need, okay? So here's John in 635. He says, I am the bread of life. Ah. He who comes to me shall not hunger. Could it be that he's completely satisfied? I mean, Snickers are great, but wait till you try Jesus, right? And he who believes in me shall never thirst. Let's jump down to John chapter 6. Let's go to verse 47. Here it is again, Jesus talking. He says, most assuredly, I say to you, 
He who believes in me has nonstop life, right? Everlasting, 24-7, seven days a week life. There it is in verse 48 again. I am the bread of life. I'm the bread you need to eat to make the right decisions. (laughs) Your fathers... He's talking to the Israelites, right? Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and are dead. Now, verse 50, he's talking about himself. We're going to see that following. This is the bread which comes down from heaven that one may eat of it and not die. Next verse. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh which I shall give for the life of the world. Now, if you keep reading in verse 52, the religious people started getting upset now. Like they started fighting. How can this man give us his flesh to eat? He's crazy. They missed what he was talking about because religion misses Jesus. Okay, You get into this mindset of do's and don'ts and, and of self-righteousness and trying to do all the right things or trying to please God through your own uh, man-made system, and you end up missing out on the real Jesus. And he wasn't talking about his physical flesh. He wasn't saying, if they will just begin to chew on my forearm, right, then they'll never be hungry again. That'd be crazy. That would be crazy. He wasn't saying, if they just, you know, take a little uh, piece of my ankle, you know, that, man, things will change. no. In fact, Jesus clarifies what he's talking about in verse 63. Let's go there. Verse 63. Here's Jesus talking, and he says this. It is the Spirit that gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit, and they are life. What is he talking about? The flesh profits nothing. When it comes to experiencing the life I came to give you, right? man's way of thinking won't do it. It profits nothing. When it comes to experiencing the super abundant life that I alone came to give you, man's theology won't get you there. When it comes to you personally knowing what to do in the situations of your life and making the decisions that will move you forward in my plan and my purpose for your life, man's doctrines won't do it. They will profit you nothing in your real everyday life. It's my words, the words that I speak to you. So we major in his words. Highway Church wants Jesus to be exalted. Just Jesus. We want him to be magnified. We want people to know his words. Not mine, not yours, but his words. Because it's his words that get us there. All right? So we feed on Jesus by believing, by embracing, by wrapping our hearts around his words. And by making his words the foundation and motivation for everything we do. That's how you feed on Jesus, all right? The breakfast of champions. So we look at verse, uh, let's go to John chapter 16. In John chapter 16, verse 33, Jesus tells us that he's given us his words for a reason, not just not, not for, for a poster or a plaque or a cool post online, 
which those are all fine, but he's actually given us his very words for a very real, relevant to your life, to everything you're going for through now reason. See? Let's read John 16, verse 33. Again, this is the real Jesus talking. He says, I have told you these things so you can make a statue of me. Right? No. Right? I've told you these things so that maybe someday you might get to heaven. No. I've told you these things so that in me you may have irene. That word in the Greek is, is, is equivalent to the word shalom in the Hebrew. It means wholeness, to be made whole, to prosper, total and complete well-being. All right, that's how the Amplified says it. Let's go to the Amplified. Uh, right there, you got it, E. I have told you these things so that in me, this is how they try and do it in the Amplified, which is good, so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence, as long as you understand what that word peace means, right? Total well-being. In me you may have perfect well-being, perfect wholeness, that in me you may be perfectly set at one again that in me you may perfectly prosper and have confidence. Go to the next, uh, next portion of Scripture, Eden. Now, in the world, as opposed to being in him, now we're in the world, but we're not of the world, right? And greater is Christ in us than anything in this world. But in the world, you do have tribulation, right? Not in Christ, in the world. You see the difference? In the world, you have tribulation, trials, distress, frustration. Oh, help me. But be of good cheer, right? Be of good cheer. Take courage. Be confident. Be certain. Be undaunted. Immovable. Why? For I have overcome the world. Remember? For you. He did it for you. I have deprived it of power to harm you and have conquered it for you. You believe that? I remind myself of that wherever I'm at. Whether we're in Nicaragua or Dighton or Taunton, right? That Jesus did what he did for us. He overcame the world. He overcame Satan and all of his devils. He overcame the curse of sin. He overcame sickness and disease that right now in 2014, you and I can experience life abundantly. And those are the words of Jesus. So Jesus has given us these words. Now, if we don't know his words, we can't overcome, right? So now the Bible is not a religious book to us. It's the words of life to us. So we read the Bible not to try and fulfill some religious obligation. It's because we want life. <laughs> we want to we be intimate with, with the Lord. We want to be close to Him. We want to know Him, and we want who He is to show up big in us. So if, if what Jesus did doesn't define our reality... We're not going to experience the life he came to give us. So as disciples of Christ, right, we're not people who change what we believe because of what we've been through. 
Let me say that again so we can think about what's being said here. As disciples of Christ, His promises to us define our reality. So we don't determine what we believe or change what we believe based on our life experience. We change our life experience because of what we believe. Huge difference. Huge difference. Because we've all been through difficult things. We've all been in difficult, to one degree or another. And the tendency is when you go through a difficulty, when you have a loss, when you experience grief, is to change what you believe. But the Word of God never changes. So if we feed on Jesus, we wrap our arms around Him, then we don't change what we believe because of what we've been through, but because of what we believe, we change our life experience, and who Christ is rises to the surface in our lives. Very important. And then we become very stable and steady people instead of shifting our doctrine when something doesn't work out or when we don't experience something that maybe Jesus promised, and then we say, well, maybe he didn't, maybe that's not his will. And then we shut the door to a whole amazing world of who he is. But at Highway Church, we don't do that, right? We're not like that here. We recognize that he's king, that if he said it, it's true. And I may not have experienced it, but that doesn't make it untrue. All I've got to do is wrap my arms around that thing, embrace that promise, and eat it until it's popping up in my life. Okay? That's who we are. We're disciples of Him. And boy, you've got to be intent on this. I've been in the body of Christ about 25 years, and it is amazing how people will change what they believe, what they preach, what their church stands for as the times change. And they miss out on the wonders of his person and on the provision that he's made. But that's not us because we know now we were made to win. We were made by the champion of champions in his image to be his champions in the earth. And we know Jesus is the breakfast of champions. So we feed on his word to us. We know it's not a a theology that Jesus never came to establish a religion. He came so that we would know the Father in a very, very real way. So right now as we're sitting here, let's just remind ourselves that everything Jesus promised us is for us now. It's relevant to us now. Would you close your eyes with me as we pray? At Highway Church, we want you to know that you were made to win, to overcome any and every obstacle that would oppose the will of God for your lives. It's our prayer that you would continually move forward in Christ and enjoy the more and better life that He came to give you. In Jesus' name, amen.